Come on, good morning, everybody. Well, I hope you came ready to worship the Lord. Let's all stand, if you would, this morning. And uh, we're going to start with a little I Saw the Light. Brother Chris is going to lead us this morning on a little I Saw the Light. All right, here we go. Two, three, four. I saw the light. 
glad he's the lion and the lamb. Well, if you would, put a smile on your face. Tell somebody you're glad to see him this morning, all right? Let's fellowship for just a moment, if you would. find your place and uh, be seated. Brother Martin is going to come and he's going to give us uh, some announcements for this morning. All right. You can be seated. All right. Good morning. I saw the light this morning and I was hoping not to see the light because I had purposed in my mind that if there was no light, that means wet stuff was coming down from the sky. And I was going to turn around and go, oh, just too tough to get out of bed this morning. I was going to shoot that text to Brother Mark, just being honest. But, you know, usually when you don't want to be here is the time that you should be here. I showed up, was a little bit, bit late to Sunday school, but I've already been encouraged because uh, the part of what they were reading was uh, God telling Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You've seen what I've done to Mo with Moses, and I'm going to do that with you in your life. So I've already been encouraged just by showing up. So thank you all for being here because it looks like, you know, the threat of rain will keep a lot of us away. You're welcome. So uh, do we have any first-time visitors? First-time visitors? I don't think I saw any, so good deal. Um, we do have a full Wednesday um, slate. Uh, we usually start the day off with Bible study uh, in the fellowship hall from 10 to 11. Then we have dinner at 6, and then at 7 we have teaching and preaching for every, uh, every age available. If you were a youth last week, you would have had fun, at least if you were the youth pastor. Uh, Sunday school, 10 a.m., just requires you to get here one hour early, even if you're late like me, show up. Uh, we do need more volunteers for help with the bed babies. That's like the easiest ones. I think you just put them in bed and leave them, if I read that correctly. <laughs> see, see Brother Mark for that. We do need help with the cleaning crew. See Miss Kate Johnson for that. Uh, and we do need volunteers for yard work at the church. See Brother Gary Curry or Brother Mark for that. And again, all these things, if you need a little community service, young people, older people, um, it can be done. Uh, we, you can do your giving online at giving.landmarktyler.com by setting up a PayPal, or you can do it the old way, write us a check, cash money, we'll take it all. Uh, Ladies Fellowship was rescheduled from yesterday to Saturday, September 10th. Sign-up sheet's still over here. I'm sure the van is still available that day, so write van out if you're going to ride the van with Miss Julie. And we are having life recovery class today at 2 p.m., so... Thank you for being here this morning. Amen. Give Brother Martin a big hand if you would. Hey, I want to do something real quick uh, before we go on. We, we're going to teach you a new song this morning. But uh, you heard Brother uh, Martin say we need somebody to help with bed babies. 
And that is because, Miss Barbara, come here. Uh, I want to ask Miss Barbara, I know she loves being the center of attention probably, but I'm going to ask Miss Barbara to come here. Because the reason we help in the bed babies uh, is Miss Barbara's been doing it a long, long time. Amen. And uh, we always, we could not do what we do around here without people volunteering, without people helping. And uh, Miss Barbara uh, wants to retire. Amen. But that simply means this. Uh, when, when folks like this, you know, have uh, done their time and uh, uh, given of themselves for years and years. And Miss Barbara's done a lot more than just uh, keep bed babies. She's, she's been our cook at one time. She's done a lot. She did cook for years uh, before Miss Mary got here. And she's just done so many things. And so uh, we always, I always want to recognize and give proper respect and uh, give us, give you a chance to thank Miss Barbara for years of service. So I wanted to just give her a big hand this morning. Give Miss Barbara a big hand. We want to recognize you, Miss Barbara. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's it, that's good. Miss Barbara, we love you. We love you, thank you. Now, what's the flip side of that? When one is gone, somebody else has to step up. Here, my Lord, send me. Amen. So we need somebody to help on the bed babies. Amen. We don't even have that many, so it's really not that hard of a job. Uh, there's just a, a couple, I think. So uh, it's an easy job, but we need somebody to step in and uh, and fill those shoes, fill that gap. Amen. So if you can do that. Uh, but we just, uh, again, everything we do around here, it takes tons of people. Amen. You only see the people on the stage here, but it takes so many people, people to clean the church every week, somebody to cook Wednesday night dinner, somebody uh, to do all of the things. Uh, uh, there's a lot of paperwork and stuff that has to be done, and so many volunteers step forward to do all of these things. Amen. And so uh, we always want to tell you we love you. Thank you so much for your service. Amen. We want to teach you a new song this morning called My Testimony. Anybody here this morning got a testimony? Come on, anybody got a testimony? Put a smile on your face. Let's stand up. Let's sing it. Yeah. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover.
you got that testimony this morning that God rewrote your story. Amen. It's good stuff. You can be seated. I wanted to read before we sing this next song. I love this um, Psalms. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He is our hope. That's Psalms 41, 1 through 5. We are all in different chapters and places in our lives today. We have a lot of family, church family, that we're praying with, for, we're spending time with, trying to comfort and pray with them and love on them. But you know, God is our hope. He can turn things around if he chooses. It's his will. So we have to hope in him and know no matter where you are, no matter if you're here or you go there, you're with Jesus either way. Because he's either here in your heart or you're going to be with him. That's our hope today. I want to encourage you with that.
to trust and obey our Father. Let's sing this together. Trust and obey, for there's no each other and we want a fellowship to, together, God, and we thank you for that freedom that we have. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your unconditional love. I just can't thank you enough for your forgiveness. Lord, we, we serve a mighty God that just cares about us, that always has open arms for us. And Lord, I just pray now that your word would be open to our hearts. Lord, just teach us something today. And Lord, just be with the kids as they go back in their time. Lord, just um, teach them as well, Father, this morning, your word. We just praise you and we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering, if you would. Amen. Woo, God's good. Uh, if you have children that would like to go to Children's Church, Miss Cindy is waiting at the door for you. So if you'll go and all of our helpers are going, give all of our children's work uh, helpers a big hand, if you would. Spending time with our kids. And oh, what a wonderful thing. 
Austin Tant playing drums this morning. Thank you, Austin. Give Austin a big hand. Thank you, brother, for playing drums for us this morning. Again, it takes so many to do everything that God uh, wants to do in this place. Amen. And I thank you so much for your service. And if you're not serving anywhere, uh, man, get to serving. Amen. You will never know the fullness of serving, loving God, and being a part of God's family until you're serving in God's family. Amen. Uh, I wanted to continue with this uh, that I talked about last week. Uh, I, I started with, I believe in God, but I don't really know him. Uh, a lot of people know about God, but they don't really know God. God calls us to an intimacy. Uh, main thing he compares it to is a marriage relationship. And I got to tell you, if you're married, you know it don't get no more intimate than that. Amen. Uh, on the good days and the bad days. Amen. That person, you are uh, you are tied to them. It's 24-7. Amen. Even a dating relationship doesn't get anywhere close. I dated my wife for four years, and I thought I knew her. But I'm here to tell you, the day we started living together, it was a totally different story. Amen. It was 24-7. Amen. And every time I'd get mad at her, I'd expect that she would go somewhere, but she didn't go nowhere. Uh, she just stayed there, amen, and that's a, that's a part of marriage, amen. It's learning to live together. It's learning to be uh, to be together in the way that God commanded it, amen. Now, some people, uh, they look at marriage and they look at, well, you know, you ought to live with somebody first. They think marriage is like trying on shoes. Well, you, you know, you wouldn't buy a pair of shoes without trying them on. And so they people just think today you just go and you live together. Can I tell you this? If you start your marriage outside of the will of God and outside of the boundaries of God, you've already started on the wrong foot. Marriage is hard enough. It is a covenant between you, that other person, and God. And if you start off on the wrong track, you've already started off in a bad way. Amen? So I'm here to tell you, God has a way for everything. Do it God's way. If you want God's blessings, then you do it God's way. That's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today. Because, see, most of us like the loving God, the loving, merciful God. And we tend to live in a culture today that's all they want God to be. Can I tell you today, I'm, a, I'm Mark Trammell. I have a lot of different personalities. You can get on my good side, but guess what? Some days you can also get on my bad side. I have the good part of Mark Trammell, but guess what? There's also a dark side to Mark Trammell. Amen? And why is that? I can say unequivocally, you also have a dark side. How do you know that, Brother Mark? Because the Bible tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody in here was born with a sinful nature. Everybody in here was born with a propensity towards sin. All right? And so you need to understand, God, there is many personalities. God is very complex. If you are complex as a human can you imagine how complex God is? And there are many sides to God. All you have to do is look at the names of God. He is a God of love and mercy. He's our comforter. He's our provider. But guess what? There are other names for God that say God is a God of justice, and God is a God of righteousness, and God is a God of mercy and grace, but he's also a God of wrath. And we don't want to think about that God. We want to think about the, the good, kind, sweet, kissy, kissy, lovey God. Amen. Can I tell you this? There's another side to God. You can see by the title here. I believe in God, 
but I don't fear him. Many people say, now, which way are we going to have it? Because you can't have a God of love and then tell me to fear God. Oh, yes, I can. In fact, those two can go quite together. You, you can fear God and love him. Um, anybody in here old school like me? I had a daddy that was the disciplinarian in my family. Anybody else have that? I loved my daddy. My daddy was a good father. He was not a perfect father. But you wanted to stay on the good side of the good daddy. When he became the disciplinarian daddy, he did a move. Anybody know that move? After supper, he'd be in his lazy boy, and that belt would already be unbuckled because he done enjoyed supper. And there was a move when my mama said, Floyd, you need to handle these kids. And that move was he would grab, all, it seemed like it was all in one motion too. That lazy boy would come up and in the same move, he'd be moving that belt out of them belt loops. And you'd hear, whoosh. and it seemed like he'd instantaneously be out of that lazy boy and that belt would be coming towards me. <laughs> I loved my daddy. My daddy was a good daddy. But I also had a healthy fear of my daddy. Because I knew my daddy was the disciplinarian. And if I got on the wrong side of that. Now see this, this is a message you won't hear a lot today. Because we live in a culture today that wants to. The pendulum wants to swing all the way over towards the good, loving, merciful, kissy, kissy God. Oh, just let me, let me wrap my arms around you. And that's good. That's a good God. But guess what? God has another side too. Amen. And that's when the pendulum swings the other way. And he says, I'm a God of righteousness. And so. The things that are righteous, the things that are, I'm a God of justice. When things are not done justly, it needs to be corrected. That's why you and I have a judicial system. Because when people get outside the law, that it, justice has to be served. Amen. Well, guess what? It is no different in God's kingdom. Amen. That's why the Bible says there will be a judgment day. You see, if it didn't matter how you and I live, there would be no reason for a judgment day, would there? But God is not just a God of love and mercy God is also a God of righteousness and justice. You need to fear God. I submit today, we don't fear God near enough. We love him, but we don't fear him. Now, again, that word fear can get real confused. We already talked about this in Sunday school for a little bit. That, well, how can I love and fear him? Fear is a good thing. Uh, it, it, we hear a lot about fear where he says, do not be afraid, don't be anxious for anything, don't fear anything. Well, Brother Mark, I thought that's the way it's supposed to be. It's true. It's not fear is not the problem. It's where is your fear placed? You see, what God is saying is, you don't have to fear the world. You don't have to fear what other people think of you. You're a Christian. you got a home in heaven. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear any of these things. But then you turn to another section in the Bible, Proverbs, and it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Hmm. So fear is not the problem. Where your fear is placed is the problem. Are you fearing what other people think? Are you more concerned with what other people think of you rather more than what God thinks of you? Are you more concerned with who others say you are rather than God says you are? Are you more concerned with what other people think, what the world thinks? I would love the Lord more, but then I'd kind of be one of those Jesus freaks, and I don't want people looking at me weird like a Jesus freak. Amen? Can I submit, if you're going to be in it, you're going to be a freak for something, you might as well be a Jesus freak. Amen? Amen? All right, so here's what we've got to understand. 
Uh, first scripture is this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. But know this, and we are living in these right here, by the way. This, this scripture is timely for today. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Amen? For men will be lovers of themselves. You think so? Think we're there? Lovers of money. Think we're there? Boasters. Mm -hmm. Proud. Yeah. Blasphemers. What's a blasphemer? Says, I don't believe there's a God, and if there is a God, I don't care about him. That's all you got to do. We take blaspheming to mean, well, it's a certain word or it's a certain curse word. Mm -mm. Blaspheming simply means desecrating the name of God and just not respecting it, if you will. Disobedient to parents. Uh-oh, young people. Uh, but guess what? Before we get too judgmental of the young people, you were teenagers too. Uh, I know some of your parents would say the same thing. Amen. Uh, unthankful. You think we're an unthankful people? Probably most of the time we are an unthankful people. Unholy. Verse 3, unloving. Yep. Unforgiving. Yep. Slanderers, talking behind people's back. Gossip. Without self-control. I could use some more of that. Brutal. Despisers of good. Traitors. Headstrong. Uh-oh. Uh, haughty. Here's a big one. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Mm. Having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. That means sometimes I got to even turn away from myself because guess what? I fell in those ca some of those categories too. So let's, let's talk a little bit about today. I, I believe we live in a day and time uh, in our culture, people want to be what I call cafeteria Christians. I'll explain that in a moment. How many of you remember, how many of you are old enough for me to remember when somebody said we're going to have ice cream at your house when you were a kid, you had three flavors to choose from. Anybody old enough behind me to remember that? You got vanilla, you got chocolate, or you got strawberry. Remember those days? Then when I was a kid, when I was, I don't know, probably seven, eight years old, this place showed up called Baskin Robbins. You remember when Baskin Robbins showed up? 31 flavors? What? You, 31 flavors of ice cream? Because all we had was chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. And now, of course, you can go to almost any ice cream shop, and there will be tons of flavors. But we come from the day where it was very simple, simpler times. Amen? Uh, and we've got so many choices in the world today. You know why the, most of these chairs are empty right now? Most of these chairs are empty today because on Sunday morning, people got way too many choices of where they can be and what they can do. A lot of people that are loving pleasure this morning rather than being in the house of God. Amen? So we've got to understand, God calls us to love him, respect him, fear him. Why should we fear God? Because when God removes his hand of protection from you, that's a scary place to be. The, devil, the Bible says this, that the enemy is like a roaring lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. And when you say, God, I don't like this trying to live by your rules. I want to go my own way. God says, you know what? I'm, not, I'm a king, not a beggar. So that's fine. If that's the way you want to do it, I will remove my hand of protection from you. That's the scariest place to be. That's where the fear of God should be put in you right there. Because I want God's hedge of protection. I want God's hand. When God removes his anointing and his spirit and his presence from you, you are in trouble. And you are vulnerable to the enemy. 
What's the problem with you and I? The problem with you and I is we move in towards God. We move away from God. I'm the king of doing walking real close to God for short periods of time. I move into God, and boy, we have, I, I am close, me and God are like this for two, three, four weeks, maybe even months sometimes, maybe even a year. But somewhere along the line, I get distracted. The cares of this world, like the Bible says, come up like weeds in my life and choke me out. And I just, I let my fear, I let my anxiety, I let my depression, and I lose my trust and my faith and my fear in God, and I move away from him. And so we, we are constantly, life is constantly like this, isn't it? We're moving in. Because what does God say about himself? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so God doesn't move. So who's moving? And we are constantly in a state of moving away from God and saying, God, how did I get back here? And then we get in closer to God and we'll be there for a while. And it's so sweet. And when you taste God, the Bible says, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. And when you taste him, you go, why do I ever leave this place? But then it's just a matter of time. The cares of this world, things happen. I get, I get overcome and overwhelmed with my fear. And then I start to move back again. And then I wake up one day and I find, how did I get back here again? Now i got to move back in towards God. And that's a constant state of what we're in, isn't it? Why don't we just move into God and stay moved into God? That's what we need to strive for. Amen. Cafeteria Christians. Anybody here remember a place called Luby's? It's a cafeteria. Young people, let me explain that to you. Uh, it's kind of like at school. You go through a line, and they have all these different foods, and you tell them what you want and what you don't want. And uh, as I tell other people, uh, life is a lot like a buffet. You don't spit on the food you don't want. Uh, if you don't like uh, black-eyed peas, don't spit on it because somebody likes black-eyed peas. You just move down the line and you say, I like that. I don't like that. I want some of that. I don't want none of that. Cafeteria Christians. Uh, I think there's one left in town, Traditions. That's the one left down. Go If you want to see what it is, go down to Traditions, and you just walk down through the line. Uh, and they would have all sorts of ch uh, choices. You know, you start with the salads. You got, you want fruit salad or do you want pea salad? <laughs> pea salad. No, I don't want no pea salad. I'm not going to spit in your pea salad, but I don't want no pea salad. Amen. Uh, and there would be all these salads. Then you move to the, to the entrees, and then you move to the desserts and the breads. And you just uh, say exactly what you Then you got to the, the good end, and you had your uh, strawberry shortcake, or you had that banana pudding with vanilla wafers in it. Amen. Uh, or you had a big old chocolate pie with some big old meringue in it, and you could say, yes, I want that. And if you wanted to get a strawberry shortcake and a chocolate pie, you could do it, amen? Because it's whatever you want. You can have it. It's a cafeteria. That's exactly the way we want to live the Christian life. We want to move down the line, and we want to say, mm, God's love. I, I want me some of that. Mm, okay. Oh, oh, there's some mercy. Yeah. There, I, I want some of that. Give me a big old heap in, of mercy. Grace. I want a double dip of that. Give me a double dip of that. Amen. But then we get further down the line and we say, there's some of God's wrath. No, no, I don't want to know that. There's some of God's justice where he says all things out of the darkness are going to come into light. Nah, I don't think I want any of that. I want his blessings. Give me a double dose of blessings, but I don't want none of that discipline. Mm -mm. That discipline tastes bitter. 
There's one food Mark Trammell doesn't like. Probably, maybe a couple more than one. But pickled beets. Anybody here like pickled beets? I'll be praying for you. Amen. That's of the, that's of the devil. Amen. I don't know what it is. I don't like pickled beets. And many of us, we want to see God's discipline like those pickled beets. I don't want none of that. Listen, you better get you some of that. Because what does the Bible say if God does not discipline you? He's very clear. He says, if you're truly my child, I will discipline you. And if you are his child and you don't get disciplined, then you do not really belong to him. Because if you're my child and you get out of line, I will discipline you. So if you really want to be a child of God, you want some of that discipline. But that's the way we want it. And I, I find people all over the world today, this is the way they want to live Christianity. They say, well, I want some of that. I want God's love, but I don't want to read about his discipline. I want some of God's mercy, but I don't want to read about his justice. Well, guess what? You better want it. When you need justice in your life, all of a sudden you're going to want it, aren't you? Because you want it for somebody else. Now, when it comes to you, you don't necessarily want that justice. Amen. I get caught red-handed or I get caught with my hand in the cookie jar. Oh, I don't want any of that justice. I want a big heap and a mercy. But guess what? It all comes together. Amen. Um, next scripture is Psalm chapter 36, verses 1 and 2. It says this, An oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flatters himself in his own eyes, and when he finds out his iniquity, and when he hates. All right? Uh, here's what sin will tell you. The devil doesn't mind if you believe in God. He just don't want you living for God. And he wants you to know just enough about God uh, that will keep you satisfied, but he don't really want you serving him. Because here's what sin will whisper. And I want you to listen to these. Sin will whisper this. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. God's going to forgive you anyway. You ever heard this one in the Baptist church? It's all under the blood. Just go ahead and do it. It's all under the blood anyway. No, it's not. Listen, the sin is under the blood. The consequences are not under the blood. Right? You can sin all day long, but the consequences don't go away. You can go out and you can drink all you want. But when you get a DUI, the consequence does not go away. You can go sleep with as many people as you want to sleep with and be as loose as you want to be. But when you get pregnant, the consequence does not go away. The sin is covered in the blood. The sin can be covered in the blood, but the consequence does not get covered in the blood. Amen. And we like the, we like the forgiveness. We like the being covered by blood. But many times we forget, oh, the, yeah, there's a consequence that goes with it. And those consequences, that can change your life forever. If you get pregnant, and there could be people in here to testify, you get pregnant at 15, 16, 17 years old, it will change your life for the rest of your life, I guarantee you. And it doesn't go away. The sin is forgiven. The sin is covered under the blood. But your life has just changed forever, forever. One bad decision. Get in a car drunk, and you lose your life. You're saved. You go on to heaven. But guess what? You had all that life you could have lived consequence is forever it does not go away all right here's another thing sin will whisper everyone else is doing it you might as well everybody else is living together go ahead 
Everybody else is doing this. Everybody else is smoking this. Everybody else is drinking this. You might as well. Here's another thing he whispers. Well, you know, yeah, you do some things wrong, but you're not as bad as most. You ever tell yourself that lie? You're not as bad as most. Go ahead. Live it. You, you know what? You work hard. You deserve it. You deserve it. Let a little steam off. You deserve it. Here's another thing that Satan will whisper. You can believe in God. Just don't go overboard. Don't go crazy with that Jesus stuff. You can know about him, and you can go to church just Monday through Saturday. You and I, will keep doing those other things. You don't need to change anything in your life. You just know about him, show up on Sunday, put your Sunday clothes on, then go home, take them Sunday clothes off, put your clothes back on. Mm -hmm. The pendulum is swinging. Um, there was another guy in my life besides my dad, and many of you will have people like this. It might be a coach. It might be a teacher. Uh, I was into music, and so when I went to high school, when I went to John Tyler High School, uh, and this was before you went as a freshman, we didn't go to high school until we were sophomores. And uh, there was a guy there that everybody called Prof. Prof is short for professor. And he was a music professor. And he was an older gentleman, uh, but he was a great jazz musician. And he had his degree from University of North Texas, which is a great jazz school. And so I, I was a trumpet player. And uh, man, I, went, I was intimidated when I got there. And, uh, and he was only there my first year because he was older and he retired the next year. Uh, but Prof was one of those, and he was just a genius in music. And so, you know, when you were, he'd be standing in front of the whole band. I don't know if you had a band director like this, and uh, he'd hear a wrong note, and he'd stop it. If it was the trumpet section, he'd say, stop, somebody played a wrong note. And then he'd go right down the line, play it, line these, these measures here. And he'd make everybody play it by themselves until he found the problem. And you want to talk about the fear of God being put in you, Amen. Prof put the fear of God. I loved him. I respected him so much. I wanted to please him. I wanted to be on his good side. Whew, but I feared him, especially when it came that time down the line. All right, Mark Trammell, your turn. You play it. Amen. And that scared me to death. I'm here to tell you, maybe you had a coach like that. Maybe you had a teacher like that. Listen, that's exactly, you can love God. Here's the thing about fear of God. Love for God plus Respect for God equals fear of God. You must love him, but you also must respect him. My daddy, when it was time for the discipline, I respected him. Amen. And that kept me out of a lot of trouble. Didn't keep me out of all trouble, but many times I would think about my dad, and I would think about I did not want to disappoint him, my respect for him. Not just my fear of him, but my respect for him. I did not want to disappoint him. Amen. All right. So let's look at a couple things. When you truly fear God, number one, you'll serve him wholeheartedly without any conditions. This is, again, how we want to do. We want to do our conditions like we do the cafeteria. And we want to do that. And we want to say it this way. Well, Lord, I will serve you, but I'm not going to stop sleeping with my girlfriend. Boy, that just got real, real quick, didn't it? I'll, Lord, I'll serve you. I'll be saved. I will give my life to you, but I'm not going to stop sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm, okay. 
Or we say this, Lord, I'll serve you, but my money is my money, and I'll give you every other area of my life, but I'm not going to give you my finances. I'm not going to give you my job. I'm not going to give you certain areas of my life because I'm in charge of those areas. Okay. See how that works for you. Another one is, you know, and I don't know why it's always Africa, but it's always Africa. Lord, I'll serve you, but I ain't going to Africa. What's so bad about Africa? Amen. I've been to Africa. It's actually very nice. Amen. But there's somebody, in other words, what we're saying is, Lord, I'll serve you, but don't ask me to go to the other side of the world. We always think that's what God's going to do. He's going to make me go be a missionary in some third world country I don't want to go to. Listen, if he calls you to it, he'll give you a desire for it. Don't you worry about it. Amen. But we're, in other words, we, we want to serve God, but we want to serve God with certain conditions. Lord, I'll go through the line down here at Luby's as long as I can have this and this, and I can end it with strawberry shortcake. I love that strawberry shortcake. Amen. As long as I can have all that, I'm good with it. But don't you dare do, ask me to do these other things. All right? Uh, there's a story in the Bible that many of you are familiar with, Abraham and Isaac. Remember Abraham? Abraham was an old man, and he always wanted a son. And he gets to be old, and God finally gives him a son. He's an old man. And he gives him, and this boy's name is Isaac. And so he finally gets this kid, this boy he's always wanted. And then God one day shows up and says, uh, Abraham, I want to see if you really love me. I want you to take your son there, the son you've waited all these years for, and I want you to go and I want you to put him on the altar, and I want you to sacrifice him for me. Now, many of us look at that and say, well, God, that, that is completely, totally unreasonable. But God, this is a test. God wanted to see if where Abraham stood, if there was a line where Abraham would say, God, I'm going to do this, but I will not cross this. I will not do this for you. And, of course, we know the story. Genesis chapter 22, verse 12 says, and he said, and he gets to the end, and he puts Isaac up on the altar, and he gets the knife, and he's fixing to sacrifice his son, and God shows up and says, and he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you, what? Fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. See, many times God's just wanting to see, will you jump off the cliff with me? There have been seasons in my life where I was seeking the will of God and everybody else told me, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then and I would pray and I would pray and I'd pray and I'd get to it and I'd say, God, I just can't help but feel this is what you want me to do. And a small voice said to me, Mark, that's exactly what I wanted to see. I want to see if you'll listen to me above everybody else's voice. Take my hand. Take my hand, Mark. Will you jump with me? Will you trust me enough? Take my hand and jump with me. And the greatest life-changing decisions I've ever made in my life, I've said, yes, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to grab your hand. I'm going to jump. No matter what anybody else says, I'm going to jump. Um, the greatest evidence of the fear of God is obedience to God. Maybe when everybody else is telling you don't do it. Most come to God hoping that God will fix them. This is how most of us pray. Lord, make my life better. Lord, give me more stuff. Lord, fix my marriage. Lord, fix my relationship with my kids. Lord, fix my kids. Uh, Lord, help me to pass that test. Amen. Anybody here prayed that? I prayed that a lot. Amen. Uh, Lord, I didn't study, but <laughs> Lord, help me pass this test. Amen. That usually didn't work out good. Uh, Lord, heal my grandma. 
heal my grandpa. They're 99, but God, I want them to live to 120. Amen? Listen, we don't look at death the same way as God looks like. We, we pray for things sometimes, and here, here's what we finally come to the conclusion. When you're sitting there, when that time comes, and mama or daddy is laying in that bed suffering, God is asking you, will you get to the point where you finally say, I don't want to see mom and daddy like that anymore. And I know something better is waiting on them. I know their home is in heaven, and I know that it's better for them. When you finally get out of your selfishness and you trust God and you grab his hand and say, God, I don't want to give them up. You been there? Lord, I don't want to lose them. Lord, I don't want to give them up. But God, I got to let go. I got to trust you. And it's amazing how when you come to that point in life and you finally tell them, Mama, Daddy, Grandma, Grandma, it's okay. You can go now. Isn't it amazing how God just shows up in that moment? And it's like that's what they were waiting on because we got to get past our own selfishness. We selfishly want them here forever, but that's just not the way life works, is it? And guess what? They're going to a better place. They're going to a better home. If you know Jesus and you're saved, you're going to be there with them. But our, self, our flesh wants to hold on, doesn't it? Wants to hold it back. Um, number two. Number two says this, that when you truly fear God, you will be forever ruined. God will totally change your life. You want to be ruined. The word ruined doesn't sound fun, does it? But the Bible says that you need to be ruined. What do we mean? Isaiah 6.5 says this. This is Isaiah talking. This is where he finally got to the point. He said, so I said, woe is me, for I'm undone. Isaiah realized his sin. He said, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts. Lord, I never want to go back to the way I was. I never want to go back to the way I was. Can I tell you this? If you've truly been saved and you truly had a, a life change with God, your life changed directions. You've heard my testimony. I was 15 years old at the time. And I can honestly say I was living the life so I know I was headed a certain direction. And when God came into my life, he changed the course, and he changed the direction of my life. I don't know where I would be. It would not be a good place. But God changed the course of my direction, and I would definitely say, Lord, I never want to go back to the way I was because I was living for me. It was all about pleasing the flesh, just like that scripture said. And so, Lord, I never want to go back to that. The day you got saved, I want you to think back to that day you got saved, and you just you get up from praying that prayer, that sinner's prayer, and it just feels like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. You feel like you've just been washed clean. And what if you could just stay right there forever? What if you could just stay in that feeling forever and ever? I'm here to tell you. I, Lord, I don't want to ever go back. Now, guess what? Again, God is a king. He's not a beggar. He will not force you to live for him. He will not force you to serve him. He will not force you to make the right choices. And so, don't ever desire those things before. If you are recovering from alcoholism and you are sober, don't ever say, 
I want to go back to that again. The way that we truly find recovery is when we finally look at those things in our life and go, I don't want to live like this. I don't ever want to go back to the way it was. Amen. Julie, would you come? Two more scriptures. Isaiah 6, 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Here am I. Send me. Lord, what do you want me to do? Somebody needs to step up. We've talked about this before. All the older folks in here, the foundation of Landmark Baptist Church, time catches up with all of us. Many will go home to be with the Lord. Who's going to step up? Who's going to step up, stand in the gap? Isaiah says, Lord, I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve your mercy. I'm a man of unclean lips, but here I am. Send me. And then 1 Peter 1.17 says this. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges, don't like that word, according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here. In other words, this is not your home. You're just visiting. Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Fear the Lord. Fear not living for the Lord. Fear that your life, you could get to the end of your life and you have not had any purpose in your life. Listen, young people especially, you have your whole lives in front of you. While these older people, a lot of time has passed. Sometimes lots of regrets. I wish I'd have lived my life for the Lord. I wish I'd have done this. But you have your whole life in front of you. Fear the Lord. Respect the Lord. Live your life for the Lord. You're not missing out on anything. If you want to see what you're missing out on, if you don't do this or do that or do that, go ask some of these older people. They'll tell you, you ain't missing nothing. If you don't become a drunk in your life, you ain't missing nothing. If you don't become a drug addict in your life, you're not missing nothing. If you don't sleep around with everybody and anything that moves, you're not missing nothing. Amen. That's what the devil will lie to you and say, well, this is how you must live your life to really have fun. That's not the way it goes. Amen. Live for the Lord now, and you will never regret it. Never regret it. You would bow your head and close your eyes. A lot of times I preach and then it's like, well, what, what do we do with that? So I want to give you something of what to do with that. Here's the question I give you today. In what areas of your life are you not fearing and not obeying God? This is personal. This is just you doing business yourself. In what areas of your life are you not fearing and not obeying God? And then the key question is this. Well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to change? What needs to change? What are some things you need to get rid of in your life? What are some things that you need to start doing in your life? For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Live a life devoted to him. I want God's hand of favor on me. I want God's anointing. I want God's presence in my life. But that doesn't just happen. I have to be intentional about that. And I have to get rid of the things that I need to get rid of. And I need to start doing the things that I need to do.
So that's the point of action today. What areas of your life are you not fearing and obeying God? And what are you going to do about it? If you're not living for God right now, or if you've wandered far away from Him, or you've never given your heart and life to Him, with the head bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, the best way I know how right now, I give you my heart and my life. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, help me to live for you. I don't want you to just be the Savior of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I give you complete control. You prayed that prayer today as a prayer of recommitment or as a prayer of salvation. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I would love to pray for you. Anybody pray that prayer? Raise your hand so I can pray for you. Anyone? Thank you. Anyone else? How many of you would say, Brother Mark, there's some areas that I need to work on. I am not fearing the Lord and obeying the Lord, and I need to change them. Would you just lift up hands so I could pray for you? Thank you. Hands all over the room. Father, have your will in your way during this time. Holy Spirit, move in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to have an invitation. Brother Martin will be over here on this side of the stage. I'll be here to pray over you. The altar's open if you want to just come and pray. If you need to join the church, whatever you need to do today. Let's, let's sing together.
So many hurts, so many burdens. Uh, but Miss Pat came today and she said, I, I have a message for everybody. Be seated for just a second, if you would. I told her I'd just let her share this good news. Uh, everyone that was praying for my great nephew that had the bone marrow transplant, uh, I got a message from them yesterday. His white blood count is up to 110 and climbing. <laughs> So they just said, thank every one of you. Just thank every one of you for praying for them. And I thank God for our praying church. Thanks all of you for your prayers. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Power and prayer. Yes, ma'am. just a job but a calling amen that is a calling man i hope uh, i hope that uh, touched somebody i may have just been preaching to myself this morning but listen we all need to understand god loves you but man god there is uh, uh god is a god of justice god is a god of righteousness why is it important that we don't just live any way we want to once we come to christ it's important that we live for him because you and I, we don't understand there is a, a, another judgment. There's a great white throne judgment. And uh, if your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life, we all pass that one. But there's another one where we get judged on our works, what we did for the Lord while we're here on earth. And a lot of Christians just kind of want to ignore that because we just want to go live the way we want to live. Listen, it matters the way you live your life. Not just be saved, but live for the Lord. He doesn't just want to be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. And when he's your Lord, you put him in charge, and he's in charge. And what, it, what he says you will do, and where he asks, you will go. Amen. So I hope that that uh, spoke into your heart today. Uh, go from here. Tell somebody, come on back. Uh, tell them Brother Mark said summer's over. Uh, get back to church. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for today. Uh, keep us all safe as we go out these doors. That's our mission field. Help us to tell others about you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.